live streaming on the web podcast. Uh, you can you can get it's about 150 bucks a year for the subscription to Storyblock for the audio, and you can download a ton of music that you can use royalty free. So check that out if you're uh, if you're in this business or if you're just doing it for fun. Yeah, because BMI they, they charge NASCAP. Those companies charge a lot of money for this kind of stuff. You know, and I got shut down. Uh, uh, That's right. The internet police came and talked to you. Yeah, well, you know, uh, Facebook and YouTube, they'll shut you down. And then, of course, North Korea, as I've told you before, and Iran and uh, Cuba and Syria, both, all four shut me down because they said I infringed on some royalty rights. I think that there were ulterior motives there, though, but I was kind of, kind of. <laughs> well, you're worldwide, Doc, all I can say, you know. Somebody's listening somewhere. <laughs> right. <laughs> I went deer hunting with the gang yesterday, and uh, Henry and I went out. Bag anything? I bagged it like an eight-pointer, and I drug that thing back to the lodge where the guys were, and everybody said, well, where's Henry? And I said, well, <laughs> stroke a couple miles back. They said, well, why didn't you bring Henry? I said, well, I debated it, but, you know, I figured nobody would steal Henry, so we'll go back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure, Doc. No, of course not. No, I would never lie to you. <laughs> <laughs> Only if I get a good laugh out of it. <laughs> Chicago, dude. Hey, Chicago's great. Love Chicago. Hometown, you know, went back for a wedding. My niece got married. A beautiful wedding. And um, had myself some authentic Chicago pizza. I was jonesing for one of those for a while. And uh, got one last Saturday night. And it was uh, delicious. And the strange thing about Chicago deep, deep uh, dish pizza, if you take a piece of deep dish pizza in Chicago while you're there, pick it up, hold it to your ear, and listen very closely. You'll hear gunshots. <laughs> Either that or you're going to hear the Cubs dropping a 15-game lead in August. Something like that will happen. <laughs> I love it. So we had a good time. The wedding was great. Caught up with the family. Good. Yeah, it was a good time. But thanks to Joe for sitting in. How did Joe do? He treat you well? Oh, he does. You know, he's a great guy, but boy, he can talk. I'm going to have to sit there and lead, boy. <laughs> hey, without Joe, this place comes to a screeping halt in about two hours. <laughs> Your show or Joe's show? I said, well, when Joe's on, it actually turns out to be his. <laughs> so what's on your mind today, Doc? You know, I had a dream last night. Honest to God, I dreamt that I was in some kind of uh, uh, an organization with Mike Gallagher and uh, – he was trying to organize the, you know, this, you know, how he, he is. He's very uh, passionate. Yeah. He's very passionate and politically oriented. And he's also a, a religious guy. And so he drug me outside and made me kneel down and pray with him. Really? <laughs> but uh, at least you made it in there or I made it in his. I'm not sure which one. <laughs> you know, Illinois, my friend. Excuse me. Uh, this past week, there were 41 uh, COVID deaths up there. In Florida, we only had a handful. Let's see how many we had. I think it was like five or six. So uh, the northern states, some of the liberal states, they're actually surging while we're going down, you know, and they all finger-pointed us as if we're some kind of evil, uh, non-vaccinating state. And by the way, we're one of the most vaccinated states in the over-65 group, and we're about average overall, but... Uh, uh, we're doing okay, and, uh, you know, my friend Mimi that I told you about a couple of weeks ago, 
uh, one of the doctors at the hospital. She's head of the of the uh, of the residency program. We're going to do a, a vaccination clinic over at I believe Shorecrest on Friday, so that should be interesting. She's going to get her residents and uh, herself, and I'm going to get the vaccine and a couple of my people, and we're going to go over there and line them up, baby. Yeah, line. absolutely. Now I got my I took my doctor's advice and got my booster before two weeks or so before I left for the uh, the wedding. So I'm, I was I was feeling pretty confident. Yeah, you came down to the office for that, didn't you? I did. Yes. Hey, by the way, we've got the rapid uh, COVID nineteen test in the office now. So if you're planning a an airplane flight or uh, a cruise, you know you have to have a negative test within seventy two hours of boarding, and also when you enter countries like Italy and Spain, you have to have a negative COVID test within 72 hours of arrival. And you have to show your documents that you're vaccinated or you're immune from having had the disease. So, uh, Well, they must, be, they must be doing tests on the, on the ships then. They're doing it right on the dock, too. Oh, okay. So at least Holland America says you cannot get on the ship unless you are vaccinated or you have some proof that you have antibody levels, you know, you've had a previous infection. And then you also have to show your, you know, your card, and then they do a nose swab right there on the, on the, on the dock, and make sure you're negative. What a bad time to find out you're positive, man! You can trick it. Okay, well let's not tell anybody how to do that. I'll keep that. <laughs> keep that to yourself, Doc. <clears throat> All right. So we're surging, or we're, we're going down. The surge is over in Florida, but, you know, some of the northern and northwestern states are really um, going crazy. Ohio had 329 deaths, and Texas uh, is still up there a little bit. But uh, California is 156, so they're not through this yet. And I was talking with my next-door neighbor, and her daughter is out in Idaho visiting the granddaughter, uh, her granddaughter, her daughter's daughter, Wait a minute, this is getting confusing. <laughs> but their daughter has a son, so there's four generations involved here. At any rate, let's get over that. And uh, Idaho's going crazy. You know, they're, they, they don't have any beds left. They're shipping people to Montana. Spokane has, Spokane, Spokane, I forget how you pronounce it. Spokane. Spokane, which yep. is the westernmost big city in Washington State, right on the Idaho border. They are turning people away because they're so overwhelmed with uh, Western Washington and Idaho COVID patients that they're sending them to Montana now. So apparently they're getting overwhelmed out there. Is this all Delta moving north now? Is that what we're looking at here? Because it's not really cold enough for the northerners to be huddling inside yet. Well, you know, the Mississippi Delta has been moving north for decades, but the virus has just done this in the past few weeks. So, yeah. All right. All right. <laughs> yeah, I get vaccinated. There's nothing else we can say, you know. I no, there isn't, and and you know, it's it's just, it's it's really a crime. And unfortunately, Fox News is playing to their audience and and uh, talking about how horrible it is these vaccine mandates are. You know what? They're perfectly legal. If you have a business and you want your people to be vaccinated, uh, then you can, you can. Uh, mandate vaccines for them and if they don't like it they can go get a job somewhere else yeah absolutely my uh, feeling precisely doc and, and you, you know what look i understand that people are afraid i had one patient this week and she's 
she's got some emotional problems, but she's a good gal and she's trying hard. She's actually held a job most of her adult life despite her problems. And uh, she's got sarcoid, and which is in remission, thanks to Dr. Bill, your radio MD. You know, we just make her listen to the show, and she got all better. <laughs> I say be healed. any rate, so she didn't want to take the vaccine, and I said, you know what? I'm not leaving you a choice anymore. And I went and got the vaccine. I said, shut up and hold still. And I gave her the shot, and she started, oh, I think I'm going to pass out. I said, I said you're not going to pass out, and if you <laughs> Mac, you silly. With that, she started laughing, and of course, the the near fainting episode uh, just evaporated. And she, am I going to die? No, you're not going to die. And I explained the vaccine to her. You know, this is not a live virus. It's just a little strand of of genetic material. It's not going to kill you. It's not going to interfere with your reproductive functions, and so on and so forth. So, I'm starting to really get kind of heavy handed with my patients uh, that I know well. You know that are that trust me and saying, you don't have a choice. And, uh, you know, if they have a bad reaction and they sue me, Ken, well, if I saved their life, then I've done the right thing. Absolutely right. Yes. You took an oath. I took an oath. And it said that if I accept a patient, that I will treat them as best I can. Do no harm. You know, people think that the Hippocratic Oath says I have to treat anybody that walks in the door. That's not what it says. It says, if I accept you as a patient, then here's what I have to do. Keep your confidence do no harm, take good care of you, don't have sex with you. <laughs> well, it's true. Glad it's to it. hear that one, Doc. Yeah, it's true. You know, it says do not uh, have, you know, do not take sexual advantage of uh, your patients, be they free or slaved, which back in the days of Hipp- Hippocrates was, you know, there were slaves. And now we, now we just have different classes, you know, the classes of we're all free, quote, quote, but, you know, there's there's still a class structure within most most of the world. So, uh, well, but, I've, been, I've been reading that a lot of, there, not, I don't want to say a lot, but several doctors' offices have said, we're not treating you anymore if you're not vaccinated. I think that's wrong. I mean, I, you know, I think that we have to accept patients the way they are and uh, work with them the best that we can. And um, Dr. Lanza and I, have discussed this and we both agree that, you know, if, if you come in with COVID and you haven't been vaccinated, then we still are going to take care of you. You know, we can't tell you, well, you didn't get the vaccine, so we're not going to do anything. I mean, look, and if you come in, the first thing you, you don't do is scold somebody. I mean, you can ask them, are you vaccinated? And you can ask them, why not? And, uh, you know, I'll make light with them. I'll say, dude, you know, <laughs> I don't say you're a bad human being. And, and, and I had this happen to to uh, one of my patients who had just, actually it was her daughter, who had just lost her daughter, my patient's granddaughter, to a brain tumor. And uh, they had been taking care of this, this poor eight-year-old child for several months up in the snowy northeast. And so uh, her daughter came down with the virus and went to the ER because she was really sick. And three nurses came in and started berating her. And finally she said, well, I just lost my daughter, and that's why I haven't done it. You know, we've been overwhelmed, and uh, it's not that we don't believe in the vaccine, but it's none of your business, but I just lost my daughter to a brain tumor. And the nurse is like, well, why didn't you say that to begin with? And she's, she says, well, you know, because it's none of your business. It's <laughs> True. You know, it's not. That's right. I mean, I mean, I would have said it, but, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not that sensitive in that respect that, I feel uh, 
the need to withhold information about myself, as you know. I'll tell anybody anything, even on the air. But businesses, they have a right to choose who they want to serve, don't you think? Businesses do, but yeah. not doctors. Right. I mean, it's no shoes, no shirt, no vaccine, no service. No service. But, yeah. you know, if you're a doctor and you accept a patient, then you can't tell that patient once you have accepted them that I'm not going to treat you. Now, you can tell them, I'm not going to treat you, but for 30 days, I will take care of you uh, in an emergency while you find another doctor. That's the statutes. That's the, the, the mantra. That's the legalities of it. But, you know, why would you do that? I mean, why don't you just keep working with your patients? I mean, unless they're, Ken, if they're really crazy and they're really obstinate or they're really obnoxious, I can see saying, look, um, I can't treat you anymore, but you're not doing it because they're not vaccinated. You're doing it because they have some emotional problem that you can't deal with. If they you won't know? listen to you and take the treatment that you're now trying to give them, even though they're not vaccinated, I would think that would be very frustrating. It is frustrating, and and this is something that you have to face as a physician. I mean, it's in any business, but even more so in medicine because you have a, a greater responsibility to care for people because you're acting in a parental way and you're acting in a way that uh, uh, evokes an intimacy in a relationship that is unique. I mean, there's not many other professions that you have that kind of intimate relationship with a patient without, you know, without with it not being um, sexual or physical. You know what I'm saying? Sure. I mean, it's physical in the sense that you examine people and you treat them or you stitch them up or you cut something off or you stick something in, but you... You don't, uh, you, you just don't have that. I mean, people come to the doctor and they regress. They become more childlike. They drop their guard. They'll tell you things they won't tell anybody else. And you have to respect that. They're vulnerable. And we have to be uh, sensitive to that when we do take care of people. And I don't think that we can just out of hand say, I'm not going to treat you because you won't get the vaccine. I think we can say, I'm not going to treat you because you're not acting uh, in a manner that is conducive to uh, to me being able to take care of you. You know, but that would have to be multifactorial. You'd have to have uh, several incidences of uh, noncompliance with medical therapy or being belligerent in the office or giving the front, front office a hard time or yelling at people. And even then you want to sit down and talk to people and give them, a, give them the, the benefit of the doubt and see if there's something going on that you can help them with. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, it might be some emotional issues causing all of that, right? You know, it might be that uh, dad just died or, or just lost your kid. You know, you don't know. And you have to ask people what's going on. What, why are you so upset? Now, there are some people that you just know they're just upset. <laughs> <laughs> I've had people come in and say, well, we don't want this and we don't want that, but we want to be your patient. And I say, well, you're in the wrong place. I can interview a patient and say, no, I don't want to accept you. But once I accept you, I have some responsibility. Maybe that's what those the stories I was reading was about. They weren't accepting new patients unless they were vaccinated. Well, that might be. That might be. Yeah. And we, we have to respect that, um, although not necessarily agree with it. Um, I respect a doctor's decision to say that and to make that decision or any business to say uh, we're not going to accept you unless you're vaccinated or you have proof that you're immune, that you have antibody titers that are high enough to protect you against the virus because I don't want you spreading the virus around in my bar or my restaurant or my hotel or my ship. And that's legitimate, Ken. That's legitimate. 
And by the same token, it's legitimate for a cruise company to say all employees have to be vaccinated. It's legitimate for a hospital to say all employees have to be vaccinated. In fact, I think it should be mandatory that all healthcare workers in the United States be vaccinated. And if you don't want to be vaccinated, go do something else. What about the military? There's some discussion going on whether that should be done. Oh, absolutely. You know, General Washington, mandatory vaccination for for, uh, uh, smallpox for all of his continental soldiers at the beginning of the Revolutionary War. Did you know that? I did not. So now we have a long tradition of vaccinating soldiers. Okay, that's good. Tradition of it, and it's been mandatory for all vaccines in the military. And, uh, you know, anybody who was going to Iraq back in, in... what, 1990 and 2001, they had to have the, uh, oh, what was the, uh, the the biological weapon we were so afraid of, you know, the, um, I'll think of it in a minute. Anthrax? No, it wasn't anthrax. But he had to be vaccinated against anthrax. And uh, my nurse practitioner then, who was in the reserves, she said, well, I might be deployed, and so I have to get the anthrax vaccine. And she got it, and she was she was sick for a couple of weeks, but she survived. You know, you get over it. Come on, buck up. Same with this one. You you might be feeling bad for a day or two, but you'll be fine. Yeah, take a couple of uh, Advil and get over it. Actually, with my booster shot, the pain in the arm seemed to last longer. I'm not sure why, but that was the only symptom I had was a pain in the arm on the booster. Yep, yep. Any rate. So Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin told the congressional hearing last week, uh, this is from Reuters, that he was concerned about the pilots in Tajikistan uh, and would work with the State Department to see if we can move this forward. That is, getting those American-trained Afghani pilots, airplane pilots who were trained by us and working with us out of Tajikistan. You know, they've escaped to Tajikistan. There's even a pregnant pilot there, Ken. (laughs) I didn't know that, really. Did they take their planes with them? Uh, you know, I don't know. I'm sure some of them did. Uh, they, I don't know how else they got out in a hurry. Yeah, true. That would be the fastest way. But, you know, it, a female pilot who is pregnant that we trained and was working with us, and we won't even go pick her up, and the Tajikis are saying, she's saying, I need to be in, 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 you know, I don't need to be on the base here in this holding camp. I need to be at a facility where I can be taken care of, where I you know, I can have my baby checked uh, in, in my tummy and, and uh, get ready for the delivery. And the Tajikis are saying, when you're ready to deliver, we'll move you to a hospital. Otherwise, you're staying here. What's their problem? Why don't, they want the, why, don't, why don't they want to send these folks to the U.S.? It's not they don't want to send the folks to the U.S. It's that our State Department won't go get them. Well, that's ridiculous, Doc. That, and this is something that we really have to uh, yell loudly about. This yes. has to be corrected. I mean, these people put their lives on the line for us, and uh, they're still doing it. And if they are sent back to Afghanistan, the yeah. Taliban will kill them. Yeah, they just dead. Won't even be, there won't be a hello, how you doing? You want to plead your case? It'll just be chopped the head off, and that's the end of it. Or the women, they'll burn them alive. Can you believe that? They will burn them alive. I can't believe it's been, what, over a month now since this all went down, and they're still sitting there. Two months. Is it two months now? Almost. Yeah. What's, what it, it was uh, uh, the end of August? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, he had to be out by the end of August. Yeah. Month and a half. Unbelievable. Get a seven, so, almost seven, and get it over there. Seven seventy-seven. I, I just I don't understand, Ken, how we can. I mean, even if you 
disagree with the war, how can you turn your back on people who who are our people? And Biden promised to get everybody out. Well, Biden, he doesn't even know what. <laughs> well, you think the administration would be smart enough to see this is a terrible, if nothing else, a terrible PR. I don't know that he's that that insightful, and I think that he thinks he's going to get his legislation through. And did you hear his virtual, uh, his pre-recorded speech to the virtual Democratic meeting? Uh, you know, they all got together online, and and he tried to rally them together. And you know, come on, man, this is our our big chance. We've got the House, the Senate, and the White House, and we can pass this. We could pass the Green New Deal. We can pass the everybody stay home and get a welfare check. I don't know what. <laughs> the money from the front <laughs> what's he think that five percent of us are going to go to work and pay for 95 percent of us apparently so apparently so doc this ain't gonna work dude where that are all the workers speaking of work where are all the workers where are these longshoremen why aren't they unloading ships what is going on out there well I everything think that, is delayed doc everything is backordered i think that there's a, a couple of things number one uh the truckers are, are, are not able to move the goods. I don't think there's as many truckers out there as there were. And uh, I think that the longshoremen are stymied because the warehouses are full because the truckers can't unload. And even if the longshoremen want to go back to work, they can't unload because the docks are full. Have you seen the docks out there? I know. They're just packed. They're packed with, with con- cargo containers. Stacked 10 high. If you look at the, uh, you know, the Long Beach Harbor, I mean, there must be a hundred cargo ships just sitting there. I hope they don't have anything perishable. In there. Yeah, no kidding. But what they do have, and what a lot of people I don't think realize yet, are Christmas gifts and medicines. And medicines. And you better, if you want to do some Christmas shopping this year, you better do it early. And I wouldn't do it online. I'd go to a store and grab something physically. Well, I'm just going to go loot uh, the uh, Best Buy up the street. It hadn't been hit yet, so. Okay, I'll take a, <laughs> I'll take a computer, Doc. Saturday, Friday night go up there and I'm going to organize a, a looting party and see if LED seventy-five inches Ken. What was that? I want one of those seventy-five inch LEDs. Are we up to seventy-five inches now? My goodness, how big does the TV have to get? Well, have you ever been to any of the big stadiums like the Dallas Cowboys Stadium? I mean, they have these LEDs, these flat screen LEDs. They're humongous, and there's like six or eight of them together, and they hang down in the middle of the stadium. And you don't even have to, if you're up in the nosebleed section, you don't have to look down at the field. You can just look straight ahead. It's really quite pleasant. Or you could just stay home and watch it on television. Yeah, but then you miss all the ambiance and the opportunity That's to catch. True. You, miss the te- you miss the $20 beers and all that stuff. You're going to get the Delta virus if you don't go out in crowds. <laughs> so, uh, so what's going on with Pakistan? I mean, you know, Afghanistan has fallen. Northern Pakistan is basically uh, taken over by the Pashtuns and by their radical groups. And, uh, you know, the, the Islamabad government has tried to negotiate a ceasefire with the Tariq el-Taliban of Pakistan, which are the radical Muslims that are part of the Taliban that have moved over into Pakistan or actually have been there a long time because we know that they've been harboring people like Osama bin Laden for decades. Uh, So Pakistan is wobbly, and we're having bills 
put forth in the Senate to investigate whether Pakistan's really one of our allies or not, and whether we should cut off aid to them. And of course, the Pakistan government is saying, look, we've taken thousands and thousands of casualties trying to help you guys out while you were in Afghanistan. But it's, it's very duplicitous because their uh, intelligence service, ISI, has been helping the Taliban while the government has been friendly to us. Do you believe that they didn't know Osama bin Laden was in that house? I think the ISI did. But I, I think so, too, yeah. I don't think that the government in, in, uh, in Islamabad, you know, in, knew. I don't think, I'm not I don't, sure about that. Do you think that that uh, the Democrats know what's going on in the world? <laughs> no. Not in their own country? Maybe. No, not definitely. No. What, do you think any other country is any different? That's I mean, true. I mean, you can't, one guy can't keep an eye on everything. No. And, you know, and you only know what your intelligence service tells you. So if your intelligence service doesn't tell you anything about this, then what do you know? If they say, oh, no, there's, you know, Osama bin Laden's not up there. He's not in our country. We don't have any terrorist up in the northern uh, states. Then you uh, believe them. They're your intelligence. Sure, it's like it's like George Bush II. Uh, uh, he was told there were you know weapons of mass destruction all over Iraq. He went in, found nothing. It was an intelligence failure. Well, that's not true. They did, that's not true. They didn't find anything. They actually did find. Uh, uh, what they find? I don't remember them finding much of anything. Well, but that's because the press said it wasn't nerve gas. It was uh, pesticides. Well, you know, organophosphate pesticides, you know what they are? No, particularly no. They are a, a nerve gas. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, in concentrated form, it's it's a nerve gas. So uh, organophosphate poisoning is, is uh, really fascinating to see, and uh, you don't get to see that very often in medicine now because we've outlawed organophosphates. Everybody says, well, it's because they were so dangerous and, you know, hurt the environment. Well, yeah, but also because crazy people like Dr. Bill can make nerve gas. <laughs> and while we so, ponder that thought, Doc, let's take a break. We This first half of the show has flown right by, buddy. Oh, my God. You mean that we're into it that deep? Yes, we're already into it, buddy. Way into it. All right. If you say so, we will take a break. I am Dr. Bill, Radio MD. I'll be right back, guys. You're listening to an encore presentation of Dr. Bill, your Radio MD. Call 727-384-6411 for an appointment. With SRN News, I'm Greg Clugston in Washington. A COVID vaccination deadline has arrived in New York City, and there are serious concerns about the impact it may have on a range of services, including police, fire, and EMS, starting tomorrow. At the Group of 20 Summit in Rome, President Biden plans to talk with fellow world leaders about relie relieving supply chain bottlenecks. Shortages have contributed to higher inflation, and that's been a problem for the White House. American Airlines has canceled more than 1,400 flights this weekend, including 480 flights scheduled for today. The airline blames staff shortages and unfavorable weather. After beating Houston last night, the Atlanta Braves are one win away from capturing their first World Series title since 1995, Game 5 coming up tonight in Atlanta. This is SRN News. 
continue. Dr. Bill for Bay Area Medical, located at 6399 38th Avenue North in St. Pete, 727-384-6411, 727-384-6411. Full service clinic with x-ray, heart imaging, ultrasound, stress testing, and minor surgery. We provide quality health care in a warm and friendly atmosphere. We are multilingual, well-trained, and certified. Most American insurance and new patients accepted. Bay Area Medical, home of Can Care, 727-384-6411. 727-384-6411. Dr. Bill here. With social distancing and sheltering in place, telemedicine is here. Bay Area Medical Home of Can Care Clinic offers telemedicine for new and established patients. You can see me without an office visit. Schedule an appointment at 727-384-6411. 727-384-6411. When it's time for your appointment, type this web address into your cell phone or computer web browser, doxy.me forward slash Bay Area Med. A cell phone works well and is all you really need. For computers, you need a web camera and speakers. We'll give you this address when you call for your appointment. We accept most insurances and travel insurances. Canadians and visitors, please call your travel insurance company for an authorization number prior to the visit. Co-pays and deductibles apply. Self-pay rates are available. Just ask. We accept credit cards, PayPal, and Stripe. 727-384-6411. 727-384-6411. Dr. Bill here. My friends at St. Pete MRI and Sleep Diagnostics are your best choice for state-of-the-art MRI, CT, and sleep studies. Quality unsurpassed. 25 years experience makes St. Pete MRI my go-to imaging center. Self-pay rates are competitive and out-of-pocket cost a fraction of a hospital. Conveniently accessible from both sides of the bay at 750 94th Avenue North, St. Pete, near the Gandhi, 727-577-2220, 727-577-2220. If you're in HR, you're probably wearing a lot of hats. Recruiter, team builder, trainer, mediator, policymaker, and of course, paper pusher. But not anymore. Bamboo HR is the number one HR software for small and medium businesses. It manages all your employee data easily and automates countless tasks so you can focus on people, not paperwork. Bamboo HR frees you from spreadsheets so you can do your real job, creating a great place to work. If the data shuffle and paperwork mountain have you ready to hang up all your hats, you're ready for Bamboo. If you handle HR records and paperwork, Bamboo HR is a dream. Let us free up your time and put your days of pushing paperwork behind you so you can focus on the people and making your company a great place to work for everyone. Try PC Magazine's top pick for HR software free today. Just go to bamboohr.com HR. This is a limited offer only available to radio listeners at bamboohr.com HR. That's bamboohr.com HR. Seize your window of opportunity and join our growing team. Dominic's Blinds and Decor is in need of new sales consultants and installers. Experience is preferred, but we are willing to train the right candidate. If this is what you're looking for, contact Dominic's Blinds and Decor today. Apply online under careers at www.dominicsblinds.com or call 941-922-2345. AM 860, The Answer. Online at com. Odyssey. Here is your exclusive AccuWeather forecast. It'll be partly sunny today. Watch for unusually rough surf and rip currents. Today's high 76. Mainly clear tonight for trick-or-treating, low 60. Partly sunny tomorrow. Monday's high 79. 
Tomorrow night, mainly clear, low 64, and Tuesday, mostly cloudy with a high of 83. That's your AccuWeather forecast. I'm Sally Sherman for AM860. The answer. You're listening to an encore presentation of Dr. Bill, your radio MD. Call 727 384 6411 for an appointment. And I'm back. This is Dr. Bill. Got Ken by my side here. We're having a great show. Good discussions going on. And uh, I welcome you guys if you want to call in 877-969-8600 if you have any questions or concerns. By the way, Ken, I told you we had the rapid COVID testing now at the office. Yes, sir. And we also have a vaccine. We've got Pfizer and Moderna. I, I like the Moderna because it's a higher dose of the mRNA. Basically, it was the same thing. But uh, if you want the Pfizer, we'll break it out and give it to you. <laughs> <laughs> I got the Moderna. It seemed to be relatively harmless for me. So, Yeah, there you go. So at any rate, we're hidden into stagflation. And if you don't know what that is, guys, it's a recession uh, inflation is a, a stagflation or recession. Inflation is a situation in which the inflation rate is high. I'm reading this right out of the uh, uh, dictionary here. The economic growth rate is slow and unemployment remains steadily high, and it presents a big dilemma for economic policies. How do you get out of it? How do you get out of it, Doc? Uh, you, you know, uh, Volcker back in the 1980s when we had the tremendous uh, – uh, stagflation going on in the 70s and got got its at its worst I would guess under Jimmy Carter that uh, that was cured by Volcker raising the interest rates the Fed interest rates and uh, as you remember some of us were paying 18 percent interest rates and 12 percent home loan rates I mean it was unbelievable. wow oh man it's unbelievable and that's the only way that he could bring things under control and then uh, then you had uh, monetary easing, and uh, Reagan realized when they, when we had the stock market crash in '87, he and his economic team, that uh, rather than tightening up the money supply, they loosened it up. Now we've loosened it up tremendously with the pandemic, and now we're trying to tighten it back up. But we're getting into a situation of multiple factors that are going to influence and adversely affect not only our economy, but the whole world. All the big countries are having the same problems, uh, whether it's Great Britain, the EU, China, India. Everybody's going through the same, uh, the same problems. you got these uh, big movements for green energy, and so everybody's been cutting back production of oil and gas and mining of coal. And guess what that means? Higher prices. Yeah, and, and, and less fuel because... We're not there yet with green energy. We can't do it. You cannot supply enough green energy with wind and solar. It just won't work. Now, if you want to, you want to have a quasi green energy, green energy. <laughs> well, you add nuclear to the mix, and it gets a little better. That's right. And so we've got a, a bad situation. China's having a big crunch. And New Delhi, or Delhi rather, the uh, the chief minister of, of interior there, he says a crippling coal shortage has caused a, a supply shortage in the capital, and that is it, it could be uh, uh, a security and economic crisis. And so they've had rolling outages in some of the other states up to 16 hours a day, Ken. Oh, three That's awful. And, 
70 percent of the of the country's electricity is from uh, coal-fired plants and the same in china they're still using a lot of coal and you say well they're doing a good job with their electric cars and trains but you got to make that electricity somehow how are you going to make it you can make it with gas you can make it with uh with uh hydroelectric dams you can make it with nuclear power you can make it with coal you can make it with uh oil i mean there's different ways to do it but somehow you have to turn those turbines and you can't do it you can't make enough of it with wind power because it just ain't going to cut it hey doc We've got yeah. a caller for you. Somebody wants a question about your office and, a, and a rapid tests. Can you take a call? You want to talk to Daniel? Come on, Daniel. What you got for us, buddy? Yes, sir, Dr. Handelman. I was wondering uh, what the cost is for a rapid test. Ah, here we go. Okay, now you should really hear him. Say it again, Daniel. Yes, sir. Uh, Dr. Handelman, I was wondering what it costs for a rapid test in your office and whether I could, uh, how far in ahead I got a uh, call for like an appointment to get that done. The wife has set the price at $100, which is less than most, but a little more than some. Uh, and you can call in the same day, basically. You don't need to see me. You don't need an office visit. It's just see the, the nurse in the back office, and she'll take care of it. So it depends on how busy she All is. All right. That's, that sounds great to me. Uh, i got to go to a place where they're requiring a um... – COVID test later on this towards the end of the week, so I'm hoping I can get it done and get the results and be on my way. What's that phone number, Doc? 727-384-6411. 727-384-6411. By the way, uh, we'll give you a free mug if you come in, Colin, and uh, also we've got free rectal exams this week if you want to. <laughs> I had three last week. I don't need another one this week. All right. You guys are too much, man. <laughs> Thank you very much, Doc. Appreciate it. You're welcome. Thanks for calling, buddy. <laughs> so at any rate, India's got 135, 135 coal-fired electric plants. 135, Ken. And Great Britain, the British are melting down. The British economy is already struggling, like ours, with supply chains. Uh, crises and uh, inflation and uh, underemployment. Uh, they don't have enough workers, and people don't want to go back to work because they've been getting a free handout, as you know. And so all the big industries, steel, uh, glass, paper, all of them, they're all going to the government and saying, we're going to melt down here if you guys don't do something about this energy crisis. And, of course, the people on the left are saying, well, yeah, but we want green power. Well, what are we going to do? Get a bunch of a bunch of hamsters and put them on treadmills? I mean, I don't know what. Maybe uh, maybe in a hundred years we'll have all green power, but not right now. So you're going to have to. You have to have the infrastructure. You can't do something that you you can't say we're going to have green power and then all of a sudden you know blink your eyes and you got green power. It, t it takes time. I mean, you think about how long it took to get uh, gasoline based transportation in place. I mean, we had cars invented in, what, the 1870s? Yep. It wasn't until, what, the, the 1915 that we had enough gas stations that Henry Ford could mass produce uh, his Model Ts, and people started buying cars and get it down cheap enough where there was not only automobiles that were inexpensive, but also gasoline that was available. 
Right, and we're having the same problem right now with electric cars. There's not enough charging stations. There's not enough charging stations. And, and what are you going to do when the demand really picks up? Where are you going to get the batteries from? Somebody has to make these things. And Elon Musk is, is now scratching his head and wondering if he made the right choice in setting up his some of his big factories in China, Ken, because guess what? They're going into an energy crunch. They're going, they're running out of coal. And their Greenpeace people are saying, well, you got to go green. And they're saying, well, wait a minute. <laughs> we got to run a country of 1.4 billion people if we don't have electricity. And so gas prices are soaring. Do you know gas prices in Europe have gone up 400% in the past year? Ouch. Can you believe that? That's incredible. That's nuts. It was already high there because of all the taxes. Yeah, I mean, it's nuts. So uh, I guess everybody's going to be on their scooters and their bicycles, which which will be good for, I guess, for the, the green energy movement. But, uh, you know, if you live 20 miles away from work, you better get up a little early if you're going to be on <laughs> Well, you'll be healthier. It will work out. And, well, you know, one thing this will do, this will end all this school busing because the kids will have to go to the schools that, that are in their neighborhoods and they'll have to walk or ride their bikes, which is not a bad thing. I mean, it's it's probably healthier that way. I don't know. No, I don't know, Ken. I'm I just – some these people in government, they do not know what they're doing. I'm sorry to tell you that. You probably didn't know that. But I think that if we don't do something, uh, we're really going to be in a, in a fix. And you know who's going to benefit the most from this? <coughs> excuse me, this energy crisis. Who's going to benefit the most? Russia, Saudi Arabia, Saudi oil. Arabia, sure, yeah. All, all the Russia, all the all the oil importers, exporters, really. Well, Russia's already said to Western Europe, uh, we'll step up uh, production and pumping of natural gas down to you guys if you want it it will give you a good deal too <laughs> well do you really want your energy controlled by russia though yeah you're in you're then you're not thinking straight yeah they got you off in a second then what are you gonna do and the next thing is uh some hitler will take over in germany and say well let's just go and take all the natural resources in russia oh good <laughs> yeah let's do that show again that was such a fine movie let's do that again and speaking of going in and taking over, Xi Jinping says, hey, Taiwan belongs to us. And Taiwan's saying, they're getting cheeky now. They're saying, we'll fight. <laughs> they're saying, we don't belong to you. And China's saying, well, we want to talk about bringing you back into the fold. And Taiwan's saying, sure, as long as we come in as an equal. <laughs> yeah, that's not what they want. Talk, talk to the folks in Hong Kong. They'll tell you. Oh, I mean, you know, these are power mongers. These are these are socio uh, uh, fascists. They're the same thing that we've got growing here in our own country are socio fascists, where where these uh, secretary or not secretary, but the attorney general saying he's going to go after people who protest at school board meetings. Did you hear that? I have not, but what? That's your right. If you want to go to a school board meeting and protest, I would think that you'd have every right to do that. He's telling his, uh, you know, the FBI guys, they've uh, gone after a couple people and have arrested them and held them temporarily because they disagreed at a school board meeting with uh, critical race theory. Well, you, you can't assault the, the, the uh, school board members, but you can certainly disagree with them. 
well, you some of them you'd like to smack around a little bit. <laughs> we're allowed to do that i don't think so no no but you should be able to protest to them and let them know your feelings it, uh, i mean you know they let uh black lives matter people out on the streets and they were rioting and 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 protesting and looting burning burning, burning everything down yeah mayor de blasio even went out with them and <laughs> still the left they're saying well, you can't uh, go to a school board meeting and, and, and speak your mind. That's, that's, you know, that's un-American, and we won't have that. We're going to arrest you and put you in jail. What? That's crazy. Every meeting I've ever, and I've been, you know, I did news for a long, long time up in the Chicago area, and every meeting I ever went to, every meeting had a, a comment, a public comment, period. We can actually talk to your mayor and your council members. So yeah. I don't I don't understand where this is coming from at all. This is about as American as you can get. The, the, hey, you're paying for it. Yeah. You, um, so I don't know, Ken. I mean, th- this is just crazy. You know, there's no illusions uh, that Taiwan is going to put up a fight, and we probably aren't going to back them up. Not much. No. You know, we're we're we we've under this regime, we have fallen into. Uh, a malaise, an economic malaise, uh, um, a military malaise, uh, a social malaise, a freedom of speech malaise. It, it, it's a bad situation, and now we've got our our economy really in a mess here. Uh, we're we're we've got inflation, we've got underemployment, uh, we've got uh, choked supply lines. Uh, we have we don't have the ability. A lot of the automobile manufacturers are delaying shipping cars because they can't get chips. What do you mean you can't get chips? We invented the damn microchip. That's what happens when you offshore. I, you know, I remember when Texas Instruments was a big chip maker. Yeah. When Intel was a big chip maker. And what they, happened? I think they still are. They're just doing it in other countries. Well, I'm, I'm going to go talk with those guys. <laughs> yeah, I'm open a plant here in Tampa. Let's do it. So inflation soaring, energy prices uh, are going up, energy supplies are going down. Uh, how the stock market is holding up is, is way beyond me, but companies are still making profits. But what happens when they run out of goods? And Good. that's, that's coming if we don't get these supply lines untangled. I can't get, I can't get, I, I've been living, we bought a house four months ago. Doing some renovations on it. One of the things we were doing is a new kitchen. We can't get the cabinets. Well, you can't get the cabinets. There's no lumber. They're, 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 no, the, the, the folks who we were buying them from say it's, it's stuck on a ship out in the middle of the Pacific somewhere. Well, you can go get somebody to make them. There's cabinet makers, but, you know, the problem is can they get the lumber? True. Yeah, you got that, you got that shortage, too. I mean, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. That's why I'm saying do your Christmas shopping now. Get out to a store because you may find nothing but a lot of empty shelves come Thanksgiving. Or loot early. <laughs> That's right. Exactly, Doc. <laughs> you always have the best advice for your folks. <laughs> we, just, we want everybody to, to know what their options are. <laughs> <laughs> We're just joking. We don't advocate looting. We do not advocate looting. Except on Tuesday nights. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
Oh, Doc, my goodness, only six minutes left in this. This is probably the fastest show we've ever done, Doc. I mean, it just flew right by. It's flown right by. Do you know that the wider S&P is expected to grow by 29.4% over the next couple of quarters, not over the next five quarters? Can you believe? No, I can't. That seems unfathomable right now. It's unfathomable. I just don't know how this is going to happen. There's going to be a mighty crash somewhere along the way. We've seen this before, Ken. Yeah. We've seen this before. Uh, you know, green power enthusiasts uh, uh, are getting way ahead of themselves. Uh, the cost of production of oil and gas has shot way up after the pandemic. The demand has gone back up after the pandemic. So we've got the, you know, the, the, the spinoff pandemic from the pandemic is this economic crisis. And it's hitting the whole world. It's hitting the whole world. And, you know, the last time we saw this. Don't say 29. The 1970s. Oh, the 70s. Well, that's right. We did have the energy crisis, and that's when gas went from 35 cents to $10 or whatever. Yeah, and the, the 1970s was the worst economic decade of my life. <clears throat> and that's actually proven, too. And in China, the sudden fuel price spikes have hit them hard. And, uh, and, you know, as I said a few minutes ago, Elon Musk is saying, well, maybe I shouldn't have built all these factories over here because they're saying, well, gee, Elon, we can't get, you know, we can't get the lithium to your factories to make your batteries because we don't have fuel to process the lithium ore and we don't have fuel to put it on trucks and send it to you. And so he's going, wait, what are the Say what? <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe some jobs will come back to the U.S. out of all this. Well, you, you would hope, but uh, you're going to have to get uh, the Republicans back in power, and you're going to have to lock up some of these damn Democrats. I think they're, I think they're committing crimes against humanity, Ken. Isn't that illegal? That would be illegal, yes. <laughs> crimes against humanity is illegal. Okay. I, well, I think so, anyway, yeah. You stop me from from getting a, a Big Mac at a buck and a quarter, then that's a crime. That is, me. and I'm I'm going to protest. And when it starts to affect pizza, I'm going to get really angry. Yeah, listen, especially uh, Chicago pizza, especially the deep dish. That's right. Yeah, t- tell me again, what what do you hear when you hold it up to your ear? Gunfire! A piece of Chicago deep dish. You'll hear gunfire if you hold it up to your ear, really close. <laughs> whole pan up there or just one piece no just one piece will do it just one. <laughs> <laughs> so so china is uh is badgering the the taiwanese and they're flying into malaysian and philippine airspace and testing their their resolve and their uh defense uh mechanisms and their radar and the, the malaysians are protesting the Indonesians are getting uppity, too, about it with the Chinese. And, you know, the Malaysians and the Indonesians were all upset because of this uh, Great Britain, Australia, United States. You know, I told you about this, this AUKUS thing. Oh, the, uh, the uh, nuclear sub thing they put together, yeah. And this is destabilizing publicly and then privately. They're saying to the United States and Great Britain and Australia, hey, can we have a couple of those? <laughs> All worried, and you know the Philippines still have a, a mutual uh, um, defense pact 
us, as does Taiwan and Japan and South Korea. But, of course, our Democratic leadership here, they're not going to honor any of that. You know that. No, no, no. And Duarte is leaving. He's out of office, I guess, at this term. So yep. Philippines are going to be back on board with us 100%, I would think. You know, I had a friend who was stationed there, and they had uh, Muslim terrorists in, the, in the, some of the southern islands. And I said, why isn't that cleaned up? He said, Doc, we could have gone in there and cleaned it out in two weeks with me and my Marines. But for political reasons, the Filipino government would not let let the Americans do that. They wanted to handle it and look like they were doing something, which they didn't do, of course. Yeah. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. It's just, Ken, I know that everybody's anti being policemen around the world and anti-colonialism uh, and anti-staying in countries and overseeing them, but there are countries in the world that are not ready to rule themselves. Case in point, Afghanistan. Case in point, Vietnam, and I have Vietnamese friends in the lunchroom who came over here on boats and uh, still speak with a, a, a Vietnamese accent, but they grew up in the United States. Uh, they were kids when they got here and became doctors and nurse practitioners and nurse anesthetists. And, you know, they tell me, because they're still communicating with family in, in Vietnam, they're telling me it's still a mess. And that it's corrupt, and that the uh, the the communists uh, take all the goods, and the peoples have to scramble for everything. That there's no COVID vaccines there. And then my sisters say, "Well, why don't we ship our extra vaccines around the world and take care of people? It's not fair. It's not just." Okay, we'll ship a million doses to uh, Vietnam, and where are they going to store them? Doc, Doc, I got to tell you. Gonna have to wait till next week. We got only thirty seconds left. I, All right. I Listen didn't wasn't paying attention to time here. Okay. So, any rate, let me tell you again. We've got the vaccines in the office. We've got the rapid COVID test, and as Daniel asked, it's a hundred bucks for a rapid COVID test. And we are at seven two seven three eight four six four one one seven two seven three eight four six four one one. And that rapid COVID test will get you on an airplane. You've been listening to an encore presentation of Dr. Bill, your radio MD. Call seven two seven three eight four six four one one for an appointment. Sunday morning at 9 for more insight, information, provocation, and fun. Dr. Bill Handelman practices in St. Petersburg, Florida at Bay Area Medical Can Care Clinic, 6399 38th Avenue North. 
For your convenience, telemedicine appointments are available. Call his office today at 727-384-6411. That's 727-384-6411. Or visit his website at CanCareClinic. 